morning. Good morning. It's always good, again, to be back in the house of the Lord. If you have a copy of God's Word, we're going to continue our book, our study in the book of Romans. And today we're going to be in Romans chapter 8, looking at verse 20. Romans chapter 8, looking at verse 20. We have been walking through the book of Romans now for quite some time. We're going to continue to walk through it uh, the book of Romans, how Paul is encouraging us as believers. He's encouraging us our assurance in Christ. Paul starts off in verse 18 in chapter 8. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth to compare with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation, our verse today, for the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. Let me pray for us and um, ask the Lord to help me as we walk through this word together. Our Father God is in heaven, Lord, we thank you again for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness towards us, Lord. Lord, we are so undeserving, as our sister, Doc, Ms. Doc, had prayed earlier. But Lord, we are so unworthy, but you make us worthy. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for you bestowing so much goodness towards us, Lord. So Lord, we ask you, Lord, today that God is in your word and riches in your word. Remind us, Lord, that we live for you and for us to honor you in all that we do. So help us do that today, Lord, as we learn more truths about you, Lord. And some are just so consumed, Lord, of life. Might be work, might be family, might be so many things that are in their life right now, Lord, that um, it's just too much for them. So, Lord, I ask you, Lord, through your word today, Lord, uh, encourage them, Lord, that they don't have to carry that burden, Lord, themselves. It's a Savior that carries our burden for us, and we can give it over to him. So I pray to the Lord that we all are encouraged today as we walk through your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I remember um, working at a job before, and when I was working at this particular job, I kind of had it made, right? I kind of had it made, but I still wasn't content. I, feel, I still found things to complain about. I almost came in when I wanted to. I almost, you know, pretty much didn't have to show up at times. But the small things over time, I was enjoying the job, I was enjoying these benefits, but the small things that really wasn't important actually became important, right? And so for me, I started complaining about things at work. And all of a sudden, something happened. My boss now took another job somewhere else, and I got a new boss. And my new boss I got, right, this new boss now was like, no, you need to be on time. You need to start, hey, you need to do this, you need to do this. Now this new boss really made things difficult for me. I didn't appreciate that first boss. But now the second boss came. Now I wish I had my first boss back. Well, I think that's very similar to what we're going to be talking about here today. God created a perfect world for us to enjoy. But Adam and Eve, for them, they still wanted things better. They still complained and they wanted things better. And for them, they wanted things better. When they say better, they wanted things that they wanted, not the thing that God wanted for them. And chaos and despair that came into this world. 
So even the creation, we're going to learn that is that the creation enjoyed what it was, but now the creation lost what it really was. Now the creation wanted things better. Why can't we go back to the good old days, right? Why can't we go out and go back to when creation, when the Garden of Eden was there, the Garden of Pleasure, when everything's amazing? Well, we can't go back right now because now this world has a new ruler. The world has a new ruler now. And we're going to talk more about this throughout the message, about who is kind of playing a role in ruling in some aspect of this final, I mean, finite world. So if I could name this sermon, I would say, mankind forfeited, forfeited, ruling over creation. Mankind forfeited, ruling over creation. We're going to do it in three points. What happened to mankind ruling over creation? The first point. The second point is going to be, does creation want to be ruled by corruption? And the third thing is, who put creation under the rule of corruption? And you're looking at me like, hey, Preston, I don't know what you're getting at. We're going to take our time through this. I'm going to walk through God's word, and, and I pray that God's word encourages each and whatever one of you are at this time. It tells us right here again in God's word, for the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. First point, what happened to mankind with no creation? For the creation was subjected to fertility. Last week we defined the word creation. Creation is something that has been created. God is not a creation because God is not created. God has always existed from eternity past. So God is not created. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is not creation. Because they was never created because they always exist in eternity past. So besides the Trinity, everything you can see around this room, even yourself, is actually created. That's part of God's creation. So the creation in our test today is referring to the natural world around us. The natural world around us. And last week we talked about this creation. Yes, it talks about everything in creation, but in this particular text, it's not talking about the angels. It's not talking about God, but it's talking about his natural world, the trees, and everything that exists on this earth without being humans. So something that is subjected to something is called to obey something. So you have a boss at work, you're subjected to your boss. Like your boss is the one that kind of tell you kind of what to do at your job. So somebody or something is over those that are subjected to it. I'm subjected to my basketball coach. I'm subjected to my football coach. You have to listen to your coach. You got to listen to your basketball coach. They're kind of ones that are over you. So you're subjected to them. Kids, you're subjected to your parents. You have to listen to your parents. You have to obey your parents. So the creation now is also subjected to something as well. If you remember, at first, the creation was ultimately subjected to God. 
God is the ruler over creation. He's the one that creation has to submit to. But God also gave some co-heirs as well on this earth. If you remember, Adam and Eve, they were subjected as well to God. But even though God gave them dominion over the earth, they are still called to be subjected to God. So Adam and Eve was given dominion as well. So the earth belongs to the Lord, but the Lord said, hey, I'm going to give you this word, earth, Adam and Eve, and I want you to preserve and treasure my earth. So somebody borrowed something from you, a lawnmower, or somebody borrowed a weed eater, and don't bring the screen back with no gas in it. Um, I ain't have to say all that, did it? But um, well, the weed eater belonged to me, or the lawnmower belonged to me, right? But you are the one that take care of my possession. Well, the earth belonged to the Lord, but the earth gave, I mean, but, I mean the, the earth belonged to the Lord, but the Lord uses Adam and Eve, which is Adam the head, to actually to be the one to be steward over the earth for God. So Adam is the one to take care of the earth for God. So Adam is the one to rule over the earth. Him and his wife to rule over the earth and cherish the earth. So the earth then becomes subjected to Adam and Eve. But now in our verse today, it says now that creation was subjected to fertility. And this word again, subjected, is used in various places. Y'all know the verse in Ephesians 5, 22? Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. The word submit is the same word as subjected. Another place is, is uh, we know, is in um, uh, Philippians 3.20, Hebrews 2.5, and Hebrews 2.5-8. Uh, we know these verses as they mentioned. It said, and, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. The word under is the same word as submission and subjection. Another verse is right here. said, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. He rules things that are subject to him. And I can keep going on with so many more verses that support this. How the subjection is talking about somebody that's submitting. So we see the word subjection is actually translated other places as submit. Uh, some places talk about a wants to obey. So our test today is saying that the creation is submission to something. Well, we knew this creation was submitted to mankind and also to God, but now it turns here. In Genesis 2, we learned that creation was in subjecting to mankind. God gave man to have dominion over it. We find it in Genesis 1:28. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God has given mankind to have dominion over everything. But 
But now it tells us now, creation is not subjected to mankind anymore. Look at our text in verse 20. It said it's subjected to fertility. The creation is under the rule now of fertility. The King James Version, I mean, might say what, vanity? Other versions might say, um, again, fertility. But the word vanity might come from the word Ecclesiastes chapter 1, which the Sons of Solomon. Vanity has the appearance of being something, but when you grab it, it's nothing there, like smoke. You guys ever seen steam or smoke come up? You try to grab it, and you look in your hand, and what's in your hand? Nothing. You might see fog outside, and you try to grab fog, you look in your hand, it's nothing. So it appears to be something there, but when you actually touch it, it's like vapor. It appears to be important, but it's not important. So vanity deals with emptiness. It's look like it's full of joy, but it comes out to be nothing. It's worthless. And that's why it said in Ecclesiastes 1 verse 2, vanities of vanities, says the preacher, vanities of vanities, all the vanity. All the things that we see and strive for all will go away one day. Some of y'all look back probably at previous relationships. And you probably look back at it like, I spent all these years in these relationships, right? And I thought it was something. And it came out to be vapor. It came out to be something that God didn't intend it to be. Made a lot of money. Made a lot of money. And you thought it was going to give you happiness. And it came down, you made more money, brother, brought more problems. And it came out to be worthless. Or uselessness. So now in our test, it tells us, it tells us in our test here, for the creation was subjected to futility, vanity, uselessness, corruption. More Lord Jones said, it's the bondage of corruption. Creation now is in bondage of corruption. Corruption, vanity now, one that rules the creation, not us. Creation is ruled by vanity or corruption. The creation becomes something that it was, wasn't intended to become. Creation must have been a beautiful place that mankind used for God's glory, to point to God's glory, for us to enjoy this world, enjoy the trees, enjoy things. But when sin happened, corruption now became ruler of this world. And that's why we have cancer. That's why we have, you know, hearing the story of this week, a little baby, um, just what, less than a year old with leukemia. That's why we hear the stories of car accidents. Why all this bad stuff happened? It happened right here because this world now was given over to corruption. That's why all of us in this room are going to die one day. <laughs> People have spent billions, millions of billions of dollars but different things to keep them alive and eventually die. Why? Because, again, this world now 
was given over to corruption. So I know last week, and Jacob probably gonna gonna hurt me for this. I talked about go out there and enjoy creation last week. Enjoy the trees. But now we turn around and say, now corruption rules over all the creation. So I don't want you to leave you here now saying, I'm not gonna go out and enjoy nature. Well, but then it's context where we're hearing that, we see. Scripture is encouraging us to see that creation points us to God, but it also points us to corruption and brokenness. Creation can go so far. We can enjoy the trees outside, but we can't worship them, right? We can go outside and enjoy nature, but if we continue enjoying it so far, it's going to disappoint, disappoint us. If we make an idol out of creation, we make an idol out of things what God has created, it's going to disappoint us. A job, right? We can enjoy a job, but a job only going to go so far, and eventually it's going to disappoint you. It's nothing in this world going to truly satisfy you in this world. Some people think that, well, one day I'm going to get married. One day I'm going to get married. And once I get married, all my problems are going to go away. Is that true, married folks? All the men was quiet, right? They didn't want to say nothing. <laughs> but for the most part, though, is that we think these things are going to truly satisfy us. They're good to enjoy, but eventually, if we enjoy them too much, we make an idol out of them, they're going to eventually disappoint us because the ruler now was given over. The ruler of this world is corruption and despair. So creation looks enjoyable, but if you look really hard to find your identity in it, it will prove that it's vanity. This brings us to our next point. Does creation want to be ruled correct corruption? Does creation want to be in this position? It tells us right here in the rest of the verse. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly. So we just learned how the creation was subjected, subjected or ruled by corruption. Our text now lets us know that creation was not willingly to be ruled by creation. Another way to translate this is, Creation did not want to be used in a way that would not help bring God's the glory. Again, creation did not want to be used in a way that would not help bring God, bring about God's glory. That creation from the beginning wanted mankind to thrive. Adam had the great gift of naming animals. And even in the Hebrew language, every animal in the Hebrew language was actually a description of the animal. That's why in a sense of, in the word like different fruits, they're very similar in name within the Hebrew language. Because the Hebrew language, as Adam was able to see and observe creation, he was able to give it a name based upon what he saw. So Adam was able to use creation to help benefit man, to enjoy creation. So creation wasn't willingly ready to man, for mankind to give up his rule. Creation loved mankind ruling over it before the fall. 
but it tells it right here, but it didn't have a choice. We learn about who took away mankind's dominion over the earth here shortly. So now the blessing of creation for mankind is taken away from mankind. But creation did not want to be this way. But it proved that creation didn't have the final authority. Creation wasn't willing to be limited, but it didn't have any choice. So I see three reasons for God putting creation under the rule of corruption. So why did God do this? Why did God allow this world to be ruled by corruption? I see three things here. Creation ruled by corruption is for the judgment of man. The creation ruled by corruption is for the judgment of man. Mankind lost his dominion of creation. Now it doesn't, now it doesn't, or it, it doesn't listen to man or obey man. We can see this with the animals. You can see with the animals. How many of y'all want to go just go pet a snake and rub a snake on the head? You're going to think about it, right? You're going to think about it. How many people want to go out there and you see a pit bull growling with drool coming down, looking at you and growling and everything at the door? Who's going to go outside? And a part of this is that now, this world now, with Adam and Eve, everything was tame. Everything was ready to, everything was submitting to Adam and Eve. But now we see everything out there doesn't listen to man. Because dominion was taken away from us. We see this clearly in Genesis 3, verses 14 and 19. The Lord God said to the servant, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat, and all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And to the woman, you will, you will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Verse 17 in Genesis 3. And, Adam, and to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistle it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for you, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. When a serpent and Eve and Adam sinned against God, it was cosmic treason. It was treason against God. It was treason against the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the creator of the universe. It was telling God that, God, you're not in charge anymore. I'm in charge. But Adam and Eve seen in the garden, it said, God, you're not the boss anymore. I'm the boss. So it's war now. It's rebellion. It's war. Do you think God's going to let us beat him up? You think God's going to let us win over him? No. Now we are at war with God. We are rebellion against God. So what did God do? God punishes his enemies. God destroys his enemies. And so now what we see God done, God pretty much, as a warrior, a soldier going to war, 
What if they take the gun away and take the sword or the sword away and take away the first aid kit? What are you left with? What did God do? All the glorious and beautiful thing God gave to mankind in the garden. Now God took many of those things away. Now what are they left with? They're left with animosity. They're left with jealousy. They're left with trying to outdo each other for pride's sake. They're left with, with boasting in themselves. They're left with all these other things now because now they're at war with God. So where does it come from? Again, with a husband or wife, whoever want to get the last word, where does it come from? It comes right here. Is that now the world is falling. So the serpent didn't submit to Eve. Eve didn't submit to Adam. Y'all see the thing is upside down now? It's upside down. It's supposed to be has Adam submit to the Lord, God. Adam to rule and care for his wife, and him and his wife caring for the animals. Now it turns upside down. Now the serpent is ruling over the Eve and Adam. That's where corruption comes from. So this proves that Adam and Eve is not fit to rule. So part of this God giving corruption over to rule over Adam and Eve is God's judgment on mankind. Y'all had it good. But you looked over there and thought the grass was green on the other side. And you find out it wasn't even grass, it was turf. So the first thing we saw, and then the second thing we see about God did this, creation ruled by corruption is for us to see how bad sin really is. Some people say, oh, it's not that bad. It's just one little sin. It's not that bad. But God is a holy God, and no sin can be in his presence. If someone's sin is okay with sin, well, it's not that bad. They don't, they, have, they don't understand the God of creation. Our God of creation is holy. Sin, sin cannot be in his presence. All sin is bad. All sin is bad. Gossip, anger, adultery, all forms of sin is bad. One little, little white lie, one small little white lie came out to see it. It's just as bad as anything else. And some people, again, like them Pharisees, they had it all. They looked good. And some people know how to hide their sins better than others. But sin is bad. And sin is corruption. And sin has affected everything. And we can see this even within nature. Look at the trees even now, right now. Have y'all noticed now the trees are starting to, I mean, the leaves are starting to fall off the trees now? fall season. These leaves are now dying. Branches are getting ready to break. You see what happened with sin? The whole world is affected by sin. For animals now, they get sick and die. Somebody called me about the dog. The dog died apart from All the creation was destined to be what it was designed to be. But when sin came into the world, None of creation was able to be what it was destined to be in the Garden of Eden. We see this in Genesis 5, 29. 
Um, God said, he said his name is Noah. Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed. The Lord cursed the ground. Also listen to another place about curses on Israel. In Deuteronomy 28, curse shall you be in your city, curse shall you be in the field, curse shall be your basket and knit and knit and bowl. Curse shall be fruit of the womb. All these curses and fallenness come because of sin. So family, sin is serious. Sin is serious. But let me say this right here. It's the difference between somebody, they sin and they turn to a savior for forgiveness. But it's a difference between somebody that actually sin and they don't just care. Well, God gonna forgive me, I don't care, I'm gonna do it again. For somebody that sin and continue doing it, don't care, they're not a true believer. But a true believer, they care. They mess up. And I would say, I'm the chief sinner, chief messing up person in this room. I mess up more than all of y'all in this room. But I know I have a savior I can go to to help me, so I won't continue doing the same thing over and over. That's the difference. Is that we look to God and we go to them more and more forgiveness and to give us more and more grace. So I want y'all to leave here and say, well, this perfectionism that once you believe Jesus, you would never sin again on this earth. We hope that happens, right? If we want that to happen, it would never sin on this earth. But we still have our old bodies. Our old bodies are fighting the flesh and the spirit. So creation was ruled by corruption for us to see how bad sin really is. Last thing I want to say about the second point, creation ruled by corruption for us to look forward to a new creation. When Adam and Eve sinned, disappointment was everywhere. But God in eternity past had a plan for a new creation. So why did God allow corruption to rule? One of the reasons is for us not to get comfortable with this world. For us not to be comfortable with things around us. Yeah, we can enjoy these things around us, but don't get too comfortable with them. I always use marriage quite a bit. I could use Jacob and Elijah already. I'm going to give him a break this week. But for Alina and I, I love my wife. But at time again, sometimes I let her down, sometimes she let me down. That let us know that we can enjoy things in this world, but things in this world won't truly satisfy you. So why did God allow corruption to rule? For us to look forward to something better to come. It get better for us believers. How many of y'all looking forward to that day? It's gonna get better. It tells in Revelation 21, 1. 21, uh, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Look at verse 5 in chapter 22 in Revelation. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. Now the water is able to do what it's called to do, give life. Bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God. It said from the throne of God, not from the Arkansas River. 
flowing from the throne of God in the other land, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with the twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Getting the leaves now for the healing of the nations. Everything is, is done over now. Everything is, is good now. And God is going to make all things new. If the leaves and the trees and everything what it was designed to be, it's going to be what it's designed to be in that glorious day to come. So why did God allow corruption to happen? And some of y'all that might be thinking, well, this must be a bad God to allow all this to happen. It's a wise God, an amazing God. He's not a bad God. But think about it. Let me use this as an illustration. If somebody, you have one son, and somebody killed your one son, and they stood before the judge, and the judge say, huh, I got all the evidence that they killed your son, but I'm gonna let them free. What kind of judge would that be? That'd be an unrighteous judge, wouldn't it? That'd be a bad judge. How can you let this person free? You have all the evidence of what they did. God has to punish evildoers. So look back in Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, and the evidence is there, God has to deal with any type of sin. But God's going to make things new. Last point, last point. Who blinking at me? Right. <coughs> Jekyll blinking at me today. Last point. Who put creation under the rule of corruption? Who did this? Again, we talked about this. But because of him who subjected it. Since we just learned that creation wasn't willing to be subjected to the vanity or ruled by corruption, and the purpose of creation is not being what it was designed to be. Who did a such thing? It was the Lord. That God has done this through the creation. This proves the absolute sovereignty of God. The supremacy of God. One person said, this God's supremacy is over the works of his hand is vividly depicted in scriptures. At his pleasure, the Red Sea divided and his water stood up as walls. Exodus 14. Another place is saying, And the earth opened her mouth, and the guilty rebels went down alive into the pit in Numbers 14. Another place where he so ordered, the sun stood still in Joshua 10. Another place, Isaiah 38. And, and on another occasion, went, went backward, uh, the, the, how the sun went back 10 degrees on the dial. And I keep going on and on, on and on, the supremacy of God. So who has done creation like this? God. God has given creation over to dominion by corruption. God has done this. God can change the natural order because he's the creator. And a lot of times, so what the devil did this. The devil is not in control of God. The devil is limited in all this power. The devil is nothing but a fallen angel. Angel. The devil only can do what God allowed the devil to do. But God is allowing the devil to, to be used for God's own glory. Yeah. 
creation didn't understand his ultimate plan. You didn't understand. I didn't understand this. And that's why we ask these questions. Why is God allowing this to happen? What is God doing in this? Again, we don't understand the wisdom of our creator. God is wiser than what we think. So God had the power to do creation, but creation didn't want to do done for itself. But if we notice so far that creation is a mirror of mankind. That Adam and Eve wanted to be in God's presence after sin, but God separated himself from the sinful man. In the same way, God had to separate himself from a fallen world since he's holy. Also, mankind gets sick and die. Trees die. Various things creation happens the same way humans happen. So result, sin has mirrored not only towards mankind, also to creation. It affected all the creation. So as I get ready to wrap things up, Let's bring all this back together here. Why is Paul telling all this in Rome? Why is Paul telling us this? Paul is telling us this for this one main reason. Church, look forward to glorification because this world will not satisfy you. That's all he's saying here. Look forward to the coming Christ. Look forward to something better than this world. This world will lie to you. Look forward to Jesus coming back. This world is fleeting. War after war, depression after depression, anxiety after anxiety. This world would not satisfy you. Look to Jesus. That's what Paul is telling us. Paul is encouraging us, don't give in to the flesh. Don't give in to the flesh, but trust the spirit. As you trust the spirit, you get a new heaven, you get a new earth. So Paul is encouraging us here. He tells us this. Look at creation. Creation has fallen and given over to corruption. You need a new world, so don't be satisfied in this world. But let me say this last thing. I got to take it home now, y'all. They're saying the preacher got to take it home. God gave authority to corruption to this earth. It's going to be good, y'all. In Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to always to the end of the age. Y'all catch that? Corruption is ruled by this world. But God's people are ruled by Christ. The corruption is not ruling over us. We're not subjected to corruption. We're not subjected to vanity. We're not subjected to fertility. We're not subjected to the things of this world. We are subjected to Christ. Christ is our head. And for us, we don't have to listen to this creation. We don't have to listen to the devil. We're going to have to listen to any of those things that are coming up. We don't have to listen to it. And not only that, family, and we get to be vice rulers against this fallen world for God. So all the authority in heaven on earth was given to me. It was given to Christ. And Christ gives us this vice authority. As I 
authority that we have as priesthood believers is submit to Christ, that we can go plain and proclaim the gospel. And many souls are going to be saved. So yet God gave just a ruling the corruption to, to, to rule over this world. But God didn't give up his authority to rule over his people. So family, we don't have to submit to that. We don't have to submit to it. Let's end with a couple applications. Don't forget that this world is not our world. It's not our home, y'all. Enjoy things around you. Enjoy your babies. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy your spouses. Enjoy being single. Enjoy all these things. See God's goodness in all of them. But don't make an idol out of it. All these things God, all these good things God gave us, is for us to see him. See him. They're only temporary. So let us not be comfortable that are enjoying things in this world. This world would trick us to worship it over the Creator. Everything around us should be pointing to God. Yes, I got a new job. I got a promotion. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a promotion. Use me for your glory at this promotion. And we enjoy those things, but we don't let our identity be found in a job. All things will be made new. We'll be no more sickness. We'll be more pain, no more pain, no more death. It'll be God's glory forevermore. So for believers in this room, I know it's hard for y'all. It's hard for me. That's why we need each other. To encourage us over to elbow and over that this is not our home. God go to prepare a place for us. That's why we need a church. That's why we need a body of believers. When things get hard, we can be reminded that everything around us is vanity and vanity. All is vanity. Everything is fleeting. It looks like there's something there, but it's nothing but vapor. It vanishes. That's what everything is. You look back at all the cars. You might have had a car. When you first got that car, you enjoyed it. You don't own that car anymore. You got a new car now. Everything you have, you're not going to have it forever. You're not going to have it forever. So family, look forward to something great to come. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us.